Hey everyone, uh, it's Jesus Walks podcast about discipleship here today. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on the live again. And uh, as usually, it's three of us. Uh, Marcy is from Riga, uh, Arndt Jakob from Bergen, and uh, Martin from uh, Gothenburg. Or is it Gothenburg today? Uh, not Gothenburg. Uh, actually, we are at um, my wife's parents' uh, summer cabin. So it's uh, one and a half hours south of Gothenburg. So yeah, that's maybe good. why my internet connection is a bit uh, fragile. So that's, yeah. that's a prayer subject for, for today. <laughs> Very practical one. Yes, awesome. So as usual, yeah, we have, uh, we have a topic for today. And for this time, we want to cover the topic of what is discipleship. Uh, and uh, we will share uh, some uh, general things. And then we want to also dig in into personal approach, how we have seen it now played out in our lives and yeah, beyond. So uh, what is discipleship? Um, first of all, uh, we all are disciples of Jesus. That's the main thing to cover. And, uh, and we can see in scripture ju- that uh, Jesus, as a rabbi, he, uh, he was uh, living the life uh, coming from God uh, in humanity. And he took disciples to himself. He chose, uh, he chose the 12. And later we see that also beyond that. But we see 12 disciples that followed him. And, uh, and how he established uh, the kingdom was by starting with these 12 and spending this life on life, uh, yeah, life together uh, on, on a daily basis. And we can read that, of course, in the Gospels, uh, as most of you know. And so, uh, by God's grace, we have seen uh, this relationship that the apostles had with Jesus continued after, uh, after Jesus died and rose, that we just uh, celebrated yesterday. Hallelujah. Jesus rose from the grave. He's alive. And by God's grace, it actually, this movement haven't stopped. It has continued. And we can read it, uh, you know, in the Bible, in book of Acts, and we can see letters to churches. This discipleship movement that started with the 12 actually never stopped. It just increased. And there's so much to cover, of course, in, in the ways how it was done, in the ways uh, how, of course, it applies to us. But we, the main thing is to see that it actually hasn't stopped. And... By God's grace, as I said, it has come to Europe. It has come from the Middle East to us, to our nations, and uh, to, uh, to the cities we are right now in. And so today we just want to cover uh, what, is, what is it, maybe what it's not, because there can be a lot of uh, misconceptions on, and, and uh, in our understanding, maybe some wrong approaches to the subject. Uh, but yeah, guys, maybe you can also bring in... Uh, yeah, your perception on what you have seen uh, yeah, from the scriptures or uh, from uh, just learning about uh, uh, your ways of following Jesus. What is discipleship or what it's not? Uh, I, th- I think one, one uh, thing that's important when we uh, think about discipleship is what happened on yeah, last Friday when Jesus died. And the last thing that he said on the cross is that it's finished. Uh, that we have a, a, uh, an open connection. It's able to have an open connection to God. It's, it's nothing more that is uh, possible for us to do in order to, to come closer to God except from receiving. So it's nothing, 
it's because uh, a lot of us are, are um, by default thinking that we need to do certain things in order to be able to come closer to God or that he may love us or uh, yeah, make up for bad things that we've done in the past. So now I'm going to do some good stuff. So now I'm, for, yeah, I did a bad thing yesterday. So now today I'm going to read two extra chapters of Bible. So God is happy with me or that kind of thinking. I think that's easily for us to, 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 to think about. So we must start in, uh, yeah, it's in the um, in John 19 when he says that it is it is finished and uh, it's uh, it's an end there. It it is finished. So everything that we do after that is just a response to what Jesus already done. So now we have an open connection to God. Then we are able to live in that relationship. Then we are able to be transformed, uh, not as um, um, yeah, it's not that it's, um, I think that's an, that's an invitation for us to do. So I, I think the first one is that the, this, the discipleship it's, is an invitation as a response to what, oh, sorry, what Jesus already done. But uh, if we, if we then thought, think about discipleship, I, I, the best definition that I have come across is that it's, it's to grow in, in three different areas. The first one is in, in knowledge. To, to learn more about Jesus and God, um, yeah, studying the Bible or, or um, listen to sermons, that kind of stuff, uh, understand more in, in a knowledge way. And the, the second thing is to grow in character, like my, that my character will be more Christ-like. We can, uh, we, yeah, we have a lot of... Um, Bible verses of that. I, one important is in Galatians 5 when it, it says about the fruit of the Spirit, uh, what the fruit of the Spirit creates in us. But then the third one is that we grow in, in skills. And by skills, you could divide it into two different uh, areas. One, one kind of skill is the, 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 um, the basic common skills that all Christians are called to. It could be like prayer or fasting or um, giving or uh, a lot of things that Jesus is, is teaching about is, uh, is the common thing. It's not with, for just people with one kind of gifting. It's, so it's, it's really um, practical, but also very common. So we can have that in, in many areas. But also the, the other part of the skills is that kind of gifting and, and um, that God, God have, have given me, how can I develop that in order to honor him? That also part of my discipleship. Like for a worship leader is to, to lead worship or uh, write worship songs. And uh, for someone who's more into caretaking, it's uh, uh, really taking care of people in, in, around them or, and, and, and so on. So I think the, um, the skills, is, it's just both the common, but also the, the more personal, how to develop and, and, uh, and use the skills that, that God has given us and use the, the gifts. And I, I, I would say that all three of these are discipleship. We can't just pick two of them or one of them. We need to to have all three, so that's that's uh, uh, if I try to uh, 
had the framework of the discipleship. I I would say that that is what it is. Mm-hmm. On Jacob. On Jacob. Yeah, maybe you can uh, uh, share. Correct yeah, me. Your... Yeah, you can correct me. <laughs> Add the first century flavor a bit. Uh, yeah, like uh, I remember the disciples from uh, when I was uh, a child in, in Sunday school, you know, Jesus and the disciples and the Sea of Galilee and the fishing and the water and the boats and everything. And later I, I came to understand that it was something like his friends and also perhaps you can translate it as being somehow students of his these disciples. And then later, when I got a bit older, I got more connected to the to the Jewish um, culture and the, the context of Jesus's own life and time. So I think it's like a key thing to, in order to understand what is the story, it's a key thing to understand about Jesus in his own context and how did people perceive him in his time, in his culture, in his land, for us to understand what it really is. Because I think the term disciple is a little bit like, it's become maybe like this Christian term. We use it, have used it a lot and, and it's become a bit, okay, what does it really mean? So so just starting to take a take a fresh look at Jesus himself. So so Jesus, uh, his, his uh, name, his Jewish name was Yeshua, right? Uh, and translated to Jesus in English version uh, or in different languages. It has a different kind of, maybe twist to it uh and and he was uh, like who was he well he was a he was a carpenter um, the trade of it seems his father and he was that and at some point he he stepped out and became what did he become well it seemed that he become something like a rabbi at least that's that's the term that is being used sometimes rabbi teacher if you if you read it in the scripture and so what is a rabbi well a, ra- a rabbi in that time and they are still around today, the same uh, terminology today, is a, basically like a religious teacher. So he was one who was respected for his understanding of the scripture, and who also was very respected for his life, for his moral life, for his character, for his way of living as well. And, and uh, the different rabbis, they would have um, their own interpretations of the Torah, of the, the books of five books of Moses, or of the whole Tanakh, the whole Old Testament of our bible the the older part the biggest the longest part and they would interpret to the people the 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 meaning of the words of god and how to live after it and how to live it out in this life and how it is to be understood and they also would would give kind of an example with their own life about how to live out god's meaning and message for human life on earth so so, uh, so that's a bit of like context of how they, they viewed him in the beginning. And, but then as you follow the story, when, when Jesus is starting to perform his miracles, you know, with the, the miraculous catch of the fish, for example, or he's healing a leper, he's healing a paralyzed person, he's delivering this uh, Mary of Magdalene from, from evil spirits, or like all these things that start to happen around him. And then people are starting to really ask questions. Okay, who is he really? Is he a... Is he a regular rabbi? You know, is he a pastor of a, of some church or something? You know, or a bishop, uh, or is he something more? And that's the big question, right? So then the whole question about the Messiah comes: the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, the one that the Jewish people had been waiting for for centuries and centuries and centuries. You know, the one who would come to save. And so, and then all the debate about that, but. 
just uh, um, when when you find Jesus at the Sea of Galilee, and for example, if you read in the Gospel of Mark, in uh, chapter uh, one, uh, he is calling his first disciples, and he says that one sixteen, as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. And so, so what happened here? Well, it seems that this is the pattern of a rabbi calling disciples, or Talmidim, as it's called in Hebrew, to himself. So it's like a teacher inviting people to become his students, basically. And when it says that they, they, they uh, let down their fishing nets and kind of left everything and followed him, it speaks about the total dedication of the time of the Talmudim or the disciples to their teacher. So the role that they get, if you follow the story onwards, is that they keep really, really, really close to the teacher or to the master and they observe him. They, they learn his teaching by listening to his teaching. They see his way of living. And with Jesus, with, Jesus, with Yeshua, they also see all the miracles, you know, and, and all the prophecy and all these things that are flowing. And they're like, what, what, you know, what is happening here? Now, you just imagine they're they are talking about, okay, who is he really? You know, is it the Messiah? Like, and maybe in the beginning, some of them already understood. But so they keep really close to him and they, they learn his teaching. And their role is to give that on to other people. And they also are being trained by him practically to do the same ministry or service that he's doing to all the people in love. That he's healing people, he's delivering people and, and spreading this message about the kingdom of God. And so, so this is kind of the way that this um, commonly known way of training and teaching um, Talmudim students, disciples, not only to know your teaching and share it on to the people, but also to imitate your life and become like you. So this is like foundational understanding, as I see from studying about the, his time in the Jewish culture. That's very interesting, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think this, uh, if we look back to the first century, this uh, very connected life-to-life -life relationship that the rabbi uh, in this case, we look at uh, Yeshua or Jesus had with the 12, had the, with his closest ones. And it's something that I have been pondering also, how, how does it apply to us here today, uh, right? We look back in the scripture, we investigate and try to understand the, the first century context, uh, how, the, how it was applied, how it was written. Uh, but the question is how... How can we, uh, how we lost some of it, or how can we regain uh, these aspects of mm. both, uh, I think these two levels, we all three of us, we are disciples ourselves, right? Uh, we still mm. call ourselves uh, being disciples of Jesus. Uh, mm. And then there's the second level, how do we follow uh, Yeshua's, Jesus' command to make other, others as well, his disciples, to pass on, as you shared, what, uh, uh, what we have been given, what we have with him. And so it's the question, uh, what do you guys think, how we can apply this? You know, Martin, you touched it upon a bit already, uh, but how, uh, what are the, maybe the practical tools uh, you have uh, experienced in your life uh, in terms of being discipled, 
uh, you know, uh, by someone or what have you experienced in terms of passing on uh, that, uh, you know, teaching life to life uh, experience um, in, in skills or knowledge? What do you have seen uh, has been the most beneficial, you know, uh, or how to regain those things that we read about? I think that one key to that question is to, we need to think about from a more sociological view of the sizes of, of our groups. Because when it's passing on uh, knowledge, you can listen to a preach, uh, uh, a teaching with thousands others and you, you can learn extremely much. Or mm. just one, one. but it, the size doesn't matter. Uh, the setting doesn't matter. You could read, you could, for example, read a book that is a couple hundred years old that is brilliant about something about God. The people has been dead for centuries. But when it comes to character, if you try to, to build character in a group of hundred, that's uh, ridiculous. You, you, you If you see when you when what kind of gathering have your character grown? That's always in a smaller gathering. Mm. Um, so I would say almost the smaller the better when it comes to character. A couple of mm. people, mostly 10, 12, never 40, 50, 100. That's uh, you, you never you never uh, come close in that setting. And then when it comes to skills, I would say it depends really much about what kind of, of uh, skills that we are trying to evolve. But for example, uh, praying for a sick uh, person, that's probably good to, to do in a format that is 10 people or less. Uh, definitely not 100 people. Uh, you can't train or teach people in that. Uh, but maybe if you say that someone, uh, it's about uh, lead worship, then it's uh, that it could be fine if it's maybe 30, 40 people. That, that's, uh, that's quite a good number. And maybe when you develop further, that could be a bigger group uh, as well. That could be beneficial actually to, um, for example, if, you, if you're going to preach, it's, it's a big difference between preaching for three people than for 30, than for 100. That's totally different setting. And, mm. and it's quite difficult, actually, to preach for three people. Uh, so you, you, you must uh, come up in a vol volume a bit in order to, to, uh, to train in that kind of gifting. But uh, I think we re really need to think about the different sizes of the groups in order to, to gain what we, what we would like. Mm. I, I just want to add like this perspective that what you said what you were asking Marx is about like basically can we can we walk with Jesus like these disciples did in the that we read about in the book uh, and it's a bit of like a, almost like a mystery I mean if it's just to to be a Marxist you know and read Marx and try to believe in it and live it out but but you don't think that Marx, uh, Karl Marx is alive and that you can talk to him and he will be close to you and, you know, he's, he's dead. And, mm. But we just learned that Jesus, he actually raised from the dead, right? So oh, maybe I can challenge you back, Marxis. What do mm. you think? Of, uh, how, what's your experience on this one? 
Yeah, I think over the last uh, few years, and uh, I've just been more and more pondering about this practical uh, learning aspect. And I guess it goes together with the skills uh, part a bit, what Martin, you shared. And uh, uh, yeah, even this morning, I was having a, a Skype call with uh, two, uh, two uh, friends of mine that said uh, we, they're in their youth, starting uh, university, uh, ending high school, saying we just want to grow more in the intimacy with God. So, you know, we have been reading, uh, we have had like weekly uh, call and the, and the approach is practical. So right now we read, uh, we touch upon uh, uh, the, the different marks of how the kingdom was brought. You know, Jesus said to preach, teach, heal and deliver. We right now just view those four and, uh, and uh, look upon it on the practical level. So actually we are right now covering the healing of the sick, you know, the practical aspects of uh, you know, actually the laid hands on the sick. Uh, how did Jesus do it? Uh, at which point did he uh, commission the disciples to go for it? And and then it, how do I have learned it in my life? What are the practical tips? And and so I said, guys, soon we will you know go together. And and uh, you know uh, you know it's something I have been learning, and I want you to be uh, that to be passed on. And and so I was uh, I have just seen, and I really believe this practical module of equipping in in whatever area it is. You know, it it can be the knowledge and revelation aspect uh, related to the Word of God. But then, how do it applies <clears throat> to my uh, daily life? You know, how do I bring the kingdom of God where I go? And and I think that's something. Uh, uh, yeah, I've just seen this uh, lack and need more because I believe we we can uh, multiply what we have in our lives and. So it starts with my relationship with God and praise God uh, that for the reality being opened by Jesus, right? That we can have access to God himself. So we have all the resources we need uh, in that sense. But then it's this uh, mystery of actually saying, I believe it can actually be passed on. And as I actually share, I'm, I'm growing myself. And I always see that be, being truth. Uh, and secondly, yesterday I was speaking uh, one lady and she said that uh, she has been asked to be a mentor uh, you know she has been asked she's uh, in her 50s and she's been asked to actually by a girl in her youth to be a disciple uh, uh, discipler or a mentor and so she was thinking what do that mean what does that imply or you know what's the, the uh, yeah the practical implications of it and then she actually remembered that she had a mentor that she asked if that lady another lady could be her mentor and she said, I actually remember that before she answered, she said, I have to ask Jesus. Uh, I have to ask him if he actually wants me to commit to you and, and disciple you. Mm. And then she said, I actually know what I have to do. I have to pray God and ask if I, what should be my answer to this uh, girl. And, and it, I was just like really spoken by the Spirit of God how, you know, what remained to her was the practical witness she had experienced herself. Uh, yeah. By the lady she saw as like, you know, walking with God closely, being close to God, being a resource, resourceful, uh, having character, you know, godly character. And what remained was the, the way how this lady made decision, you know, how she prayed, how she acted. And, and now, like a few years after, that was, that stayed with the, with the next lady. And so I was just like uh, pondering how actually discipleship is like this, right? It, it is in so many ways that, what remains are the practical ways how we make decisions. Uh, you know, if, you want to, if I want to go grow in prayer, you know, just listening how you guys pray, you know, what's, what's, where's the salt, uh, you know, uh, how you approach the scriptures. It's very hands-on approach. And, 
that's something I, I know I want to grow more, but I have seen the, the, the also discipleship movement starting, you know, by, by someone coming to God and from the very basics, wanting that to be passed yeah. on further. So, so this is something I'm still on, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I believe this is possible. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, um, this morning I was reminded by the Holy Spirit, uh, about a, a person, a girl, like uh, some years back, and, and it connects to the same topic, uh, Marcus, that you're talking about. Because at that time, I, I already had become a disciple of Jesus. And uh, I was in a meeting, and I felt the Holy Spirit really kind of gave me this conviction that I needed to go and, and speak uh, from the front. And, and then the words that I, I kind of uh, was thinking about was this, teaching of, of Jesus uh, it talks about this man who finds this treasure or he finds this pearl, you know, in a field and, and he goes back and sells everything he's got just to get it. So he buys the field and gets the treasure, gets the pearl. And, and I just uh, was sharing that. And then I, and then I kind of challenged the people there. It was like a pretty large Christian congregation. I ch challenged the people, it was uh, like students to, to just to go all in for Jesus and just, you know, leave everything to become his disciple. I mean, from your heart, maybe not practically everything has to change in your life, but make a decision that you will go with 100% of your life in to follow him and you won't hold anything back or you won't have kind of 70% live your own way, how you want it, and then give Jesus a bit on the sideline. 100% like, like this challenge. And it's so interesting, just after that, there was a girl who came and responded from this big crowd of people. There was this one girl, especially, who, come, who came, and she just said that when you spoke, I, I, I knew it was God speaking to me. And I had been going the, the past few days feeling that something was about to happen. God is going to speak to me. So she has been just been praying. And when this happened, she knew this was the voice of, of Jesus calling me to become a disciple of him, you know? So she came in tears and, 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 and basically this day I'm surrendering. I've called myself a Christian a long time, but this day it's for real. Um, and maybe, maybe you who are listening also need such a day. Uh, I mean, maybe even some of us need to make that decision again. Maybe we have drifted from the Lord, you know, but she made a decision. And the, the fruit or the, the things that happened in this girl's life after this was incredible. It was like this parable of the sower, you know, and, but the ones, the, the seed that fall in good soil, it's just like, bang, it's like 60 times, 100 times, I don't know how many times of, of good things that come from it, you know. So, so she basically went ahead and just led another girl to the Lord. Amen. And so the next time we meet, mm -hmm. she comes with the girl with her in, and then this girl is crying. And she has the same thing that now Jesus has spoken to her through this girl. And also uh, now we, we gather together and, and she has been stuck in her Christian life a long time, this uh, second girl. Uh, and we talk and I, and I just kind of challenge her on that wholehearted surrender to the Lord, you know, and stuff. And she's crying and, and she becomes a new person after this and starts to live a totally different type of life and becomes this, uh, this witness for Jesus, you know, this disciple of his. And so, so when Jesus says that, he says that I'm the gate into the kingdom. And, and if you want to follow me, it's a narrow road, you know, and few are those who find it. But many are those who go on the, this, this broad road who will 
perish, he says, you know. So I'm just thinking that I, I think for disciple, to become a disciple today, like you need to go all in like these guys did in the mm. book of Mark and you will find life. Uh, he has done everything, but he needs your response, you know, and that's, that's kind of where we sit and, and we decide. So I just think that for me, the, the best times in my life has been when I've had a single-hearted devotion to God. When I wake up in the morning and I'm just like, God, what do you want to speak to me today? You know, when, when my heart is in that kind of place, that's when I hear him the most. That's when I feel him the closest. That's when I feel mainly like full of life. Uh, and I think that is the calling. Like you can come, to, come as close to me as you, as you like, basically. is his kind of jealous invitation with a smile. Come as close mm. as you like. You know, I want, I want you as a friend. I want to be close. So. Oh, I, yeah, I was uh, just uh, thinking about uh, a final thing about uh, this with intimacy with God and with uh, the Easter that we just had. Uh, it says when, when Jesus died that uh, the curtain in the temple were torn apart. So it, uh, uh, suddenly it was open into the holiest of holy in the, in the temple. And the, the place where the holiest of holy were is where God's presence were. So when, when Jesus died and the curtain, it's possible for us to enter into the, in, all the way into, but it's also another way of thinking about it to see that God's presence finally uh, got released and were able to, uh, to come close to us. So, because uh, now Jesus has redeemed us, we, we are, we can have this closely close connection with him. Either way we look at it, it's it's. Uh, I, I think it's a great metaphor about what kind of intimacy God long is longing for uh, for us to have with Him. Mm. Uh, that was um, not possible at all for the use is now, uh, yeah, attainable for all everyone who or who wants to follow Jesus. So I think that's a that's a real. Um, uh, that's an awesome thought about God's presence being so close and, and uh, longing so for us. Yeah. Thank you guys for sharing. And uh, I'll guess uh, I'll end with a prayer and that's it for this time. Uh, yeah. Jesus, thank you that you are the living Messiah. Uh, thank you that you uh, made a way for us to uh, access uh, Father that now through you, uh, yes, we can come boldly before the throne and uh, we can uh, have this living relationship uh, with you. And I thank you that it's not just a distant story we read uh, uh, from 2000 years ago, but it's a living invitation reality for every one of us. And I thank you that uh, you invite us to follow you. You invite us to uh, be your disciple and you invite us uh, to experience this life source relationship with you and, and see through your lens that it's possible to uh, bring it to others, uh, to share the good news, uh, this life with you to others. So I pray that you help us to grow where we each need it uh, on a personal level as your disciples and also as the disciple makers that uh, invite us to uh, uh, spread the good news, uh, spread your kingdom to others. So we pray, help us yeah. and uh, yeah, lift our faith as we look upon you, Jesus. We love you and we pray that yes. in your precious Jesus. name. Amen. 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 Amen.
Okay, uh, thank you guys and yeah, uh, thank you for everyone listening and watching. Uh, as we have shared, this is a weekly podcast, Jesus Walks, and uh, we are back next Monday. So uh, see you soon. Bye. See you. Bye.